I got invited to the White House. I think that was two weeks ago now, maybe three weeks ago now. And it was just a wild couple of days, to say the least, that came in out of the clear blue sky. An incredible experience overall, but how wild to just all of a sudden be like, okay, this is happening. <laughs> I've had some pretty bizarre, but just absolutely amazing opportunities come my way since all of this started. Stanley Cup in my house. I've had you know a bit of a private tour around City Field with the owner of the Mets. I've had experiences with the Rangers at Madison Square Garden that I could have never fathomed or never would have thought that they would have like invited me to go do stuff just because of content creation. And then all of a sudden an invite to the white house and the way that that started. Yeah. How do they contact you? This is like the most interesting thing. The contact came, I want to say it was like maybe only 10 days ahead of time. I was already scheduled to be in Baltimore that week for VidCon. And it was actually VidCon that reached out to me and said, hey, we would like to invite you to the White House. Does this date work? I was supposed to speak at VidCon on that Friday. Okay. I got invited to the White House, or VidCon told me that I was getting invited to the White House, but I had to be there that Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But see the email, I'm like, is this real? What, what the hell is this? talk to my wife, which is always the first thing that I do from a scheduling perspective. And she's like, yeah, you have to go. Like there's, this is not even a question because I'm thinking again, because none of this is my job. Right. So it's like, I got to get a couple days off now. Not what I expected. I thought I could just go down Friday morning, knock this thing out, you know, get back that afternoon, you know, take meetings in between and like, not that big of a deal time-wise. Now all of a sudden I got to be there Wednesday and then do I come home on Thursday and then go back for Friday? What do I do? Email comes from VidCon. They give me the heads up. I want to say within 48 hours, I then get a second email confirming everything from people at the White House. And I think it was from directly from people at the White House. Is it like a whitehouse.gov email? It's a complicated one. Okay. There's like several dots at the end of it. Oh, wow. That makes sense when you see it but yes it's like a it's like a dot gov at the end of intimidating. the day but like yes it's an intimidating email it is an intimidating it's also a complicated one it's the one that you probably are not going to give out yeah yeah of course and not have somebody write down you can't be like oh no it's uh, at espn.com yeah yeah, yeah. It, okay. <laughs> people are not going to remember it uh exactly like that but the email started to lay out some of the framework but also said you have to get here now tuesday night And the itinerary was arrive in D.C. Tuesday night, Tuesday dinner with these handful of other creators that were being selected to do this, Wednesday morning tour the Capitol, and a bit of a tour with some of the elected officials as well, and then Wednesday afternoon, White House and the itinerary said, you know, specifically meeting in the Roosevelt Room which I think was like the last part of the day before going to Baltimore for some sort of cocktail hour that evening as well. And it just, it looked amazing on paper. You're like, this is so crazy that we're now talking government kind of stuff. But at the same time too, you're like, I don't know how deep this is actually going to be. Is this 
pictures out front? Is this really going to be some sort of actual robust meeting in the Roosevelt room? Like that seems like a stretch to wrap your head around. So my expectations were none other than just get there and this is going to be amazing. Just make the most of it. The interesting part about that is, you know, a lot of people have this, and I know you know a lot of people in the space that have to deal with a high volume of requests across the board. Yeah, of course. And no is almost a necessity from a default perspective. This all happened because I've been too dumb to do the whole say no before you say yes type of approach. VidCon Baltimore was not something necessarily on my radar, but it came with a speaking opportunity. It wasn't something planned at the beginning of the year. So just doing that alone was an additional time commitment to do more homework, to give two, to sit on a panel and give a presentation. And even though it's not the Anaheim VidCon, and I think it was the first time they've ever done it in Baltimore, it was it would have been a very easy no. Yeah. I've got a day job. VidCon Anaheim is amazing. I love more speaking opportunities, but Like I need to be, and especially because I was in London just the week before that for something that I committed to for like a year. And it's just, it's been an overwhelming volume of stuff that's come in. And this is again, all on top of the the day job. But I was like, yeah, I mean, I know the guy at VidCon, he's become a good friend of mine. And I was like, yeah, because it felt like this would help them a little bit too. Right, yeah, making yeah. VidCon Baltimore like, and anytime I'm happy if I get a speaking uh, appearance piece, yeah. love that. Is this the only East Coast VidCon? I don't, I'm not familiar. Yeah, no, oh. and I think it's the first one too. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Okay. So cool. smaller yeah, for yeah, sure. Like definitely not the same you know size and scale as Anaheim, but yeah. uh, cool that they are expanding. So would have been a pretty easy no. Good, to, you know, Anaheim once a year is fine, but. Uh, and it was obviously saying yes to that, that then led to the White House invitation. So if I would have said no, I'm going to be smart about time and attention and focus, which I think would have been a reasonable no, never get invited to the White House. That's awesome. And had no idea. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm trying to think opportunity-wise, speaking cool, friend that runs it, I know they'll take good care of me. Hopefully they get some value out of it too. Mm Mm-hmm what the hell, let me say yes. Yeah. And the yes gave, because of the guy I know at VidCon in conversations that they were having with the White House because they're going to be in Baltimore. And obviously, like, even from a political perspective, there's so much rhetoric, good and bad, that's happening in the social space. Very smart of the White House to be cognizant of it and to just be cognizant of what creators are out there saying what about what type of, this is somewhat of a guess on my part, but that that would spur a conversation with VidCon Baltimore that they would then accept a conversation from VidCon. Hey, we have this like thing that we do in all over the planet. We're going to be in Baltimore. This is a space that's important to you because there's, you know, there's a lot that can be said. Um, and I guess they gave my name to the White House as one of those for potential vetting for this opportunity. Brand safe, like, uh, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Interesting, like, engaging content. 
Yeah, that's great. And do you have a list at this point of the other people that might be there? Nope. Didn't know until I showed up. Got it. So you have no one else to like reach out to be like, hey, did you also get the golden ticket? Like there's no. Nope. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Not until I want to say it was the day of they started a text message chain. Got it. And started to started a text message chain, said, please introduce yourself in like once, you know, so hey, I'm Tim. Great to see everybody. I don't immediately recognize some of the names that are popping up. But once I got there, uh, Angry Reactions was there. Very cool. Um, and I think he goes by Pearl Mania. His name is Alex Perlman. Pearl Mania 500, I think, is his handle. Just a lot of political rant type of content. Uh, Kalen Allen, who is a longtime TV personality. I think he was on the Ellen Show for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. And... He, he I mean, was, he's so funny. Oh my god, he's amazing too. Like he was just such a kind, easy to talk to. I mean, loved, loved, loved the conversations that I had with him over the course of the couple of days. Uh, Pearlmania, phenomenal dude too. I actually rode back with him from D.C. to Baltimore, and uh, angry, angry reactions. Once I got him to warm up a little bit, or once I like tried to just have genuine conversation with him. Just a sweet, sweet, cool-ass dude that was very fun to talk to him about. He just had a kid. So, like, talking to him about, the, you know, what his experience is with the baby now, and, like, he was just, he was super fun to have a conversation with. So He's also, like, a character in a way. So he totally. has, like, almost two yeah. sides. He's, like, a WWE character in a way. Yeah, yes, and a, and he... And he's so smart with it too. He was, you know, I couldn't tell whether how much he loved being in that environment. But I also know some creators that just don't like anything public facing. They're the introvert, extrovert type of dynamic. So that night, met Kalen was the first dude that I met in the lobby. Then Alex, and there were, I think, eight of us, plus the handlers from this agency that was like kind of specialized in this kind of stuff that we're, you know, helping set up the agenda and all the logistics. Um, and had a, you know, lovely dinner, getting to know other folks. <laughs> Actually, that's such a crock of shit. Um, I was super anxious and the dinner started at like, I want to say it started at seven. There was like a cocktail hour at seven or something. And it was like 8.45 by the time, something along those lines, by the time the uh, entree started to come out and I fair warned some of the people setting this up. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to start to melt at some point. And I, and I had 11 miles to run the next day. So been training for marathon number two, as yeah, I yeah. think, especially those uh, New York that, city marathon Yep, that, uh, that follow on Instagram, see all the obnoxious mile zero pictures and then the, the recap stuff. And I think I had 11 the next morning. So you're at the White House going, do you guys have carbs? Like, what's your... <laughs> I'm. It, it was in a really cute area in Georgetown. Very cool. Uh, I don't... Like, I've been to D.C. a handful of times only because I live on, you know, so close here in New York City. But don't know it really, really well. But I left before the entrees came out. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Went back to the hotel room. I think I ate three gigantic bags of popcorn and a couple protein bars and a beer and a, you know, quick little shot of bourbon and... Uh, called it a night. <laughs> the one really quick thing I'll say about the hotel room, 
really nice hotel, really gigantic, you know, pretty decent overall hotel room that had a mini fridge in the corner. Not too, you know, odd. But wouldn't it be weird as fuck if you went into a hotel and they had a mini fridge in the corner and it was a Pepsi branded mini fridge? But not because it was Pepsi branded, but because it was like a lit up display fridge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. So, like glass on the front. Yes. Yeah, so something yeah. exactly like this. Yeah. But with LEDs that don't shut off. Ah, interesting. So I turn off the lights and I, I kind of had a sense of like, this thing is going to be on all fucking night. Yeah. And it's bright as fuck. You call fuck. the front desk? I didn't. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm. You just put like a blanket over it? Kind. I like moved the chair in front of it. I'm an insomniac that takes Ambien. So like I can just turn the switch off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was just like a I funny mean, that's thing super to weird to have in a hotel, though. Right? Yeah. And especially a nice, like, this was the spa room. They upgraded me for whatever reason. So I had a big jacuzzi tub and, and then a Pepsi fridge in the corner. That's very funny. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I'm like, what was the thought process that this, maybe Pepsi was in town for some sort of junket and they were like, we want to put these in all the executives' rooms or something along those lines? I couldn't, I could but even then, like, nobody would want, nobody else would want to sleep in a room with that thing. No, not with the bright light. So. Do you run the next morning before yep. the White House? Totally. Wow. So. You're still on the, the marathon grind. Yep. The, same schedule. Okay, yep. that's wild. Yeah, all all the parts and pieces that go into that. Wake up, have my drink, do a little bit of work, and then I think I set out like around because the first thing was we had to be downstairs at like ten or ten thirty, and the first thing being that late allowed me to, you know, do a bunch of work and then not be too stressed out over. Actually, and I scheduled a one on one with my boss to happen in between coming back from the run and this breakfast before going to the White House. Set out at six-ish and didn't really know where I was going. I just knew kind of ballpark-wise, go this way, you'll find the Potomac, and then you can you know head over towards Abe. And that was actually really f- just a phenomenal run. I mean, I've been really lucky in the training. Last summer, I got to run up and down the Seine because I was in Paris for a handful of days. I got to run up and down the Rhine because I was in Germany for a day for a marketing conference. You know, this year I did, I was in London a month ago. So I got to run um, up and down, was it the Charles? And this hilarious canal that they've got. So it was kind of cool to be on the Potomac and then head over and see Abe. You know, first thing in the morning, sun hadn't even come up yet, and you can still go inside. And so to be able to just walk up to that gigantic statue of Abraham Lincoln um, was a really dope way to start the day. And then you come out, and there's the Washington Monument, obviously in the middle of the mall before the Capitol, you know, at the uh, at the opposite end of the mall. Just an outstanding way to... Yeah, it's an awesome get, morning to start off, and, and awesome, like, training probably makes training much easier. Oh, yeah, for sure. When it feels like it's an adventure and you're going to go see these incredible things along the way. Absolutely. And gorgeous morning, too. So when I got towards the Capitol, the sun rising behind it just looked as picturesque as it gets. Also couldn't help but think, as you do, I think, naturally about all the stuff that the you know country is going through, has gone through, 
I'm, I always think of the war of, uh, I think it was 1883. It was either 83 or 89. Probably one of the least known American wars ever because it was like, you know, this weird little skirmish with Canada where they actually lit the White House on fire, hmm. which when I lived in Canada for a while, they would, like that came up a bunch hmm. just for like, you know, Canadian shits and giggles. Get back to the hotel, jump on a one-on-one. I actually tried to and I have it, but my... In my law, in my lack of as much time as I would really want to have to do all the things, editing is just the most difficult piece. This podcast would not happen if it was not for uh, your help. I'd like to think that I would still figure out a way to do it, but realistically speaking, this is happening because you're helping bring this to life. I appreciate that. Editing is the longest process, though. Yeah, yeah. but. TikTok's got it down to a science. I know exactly how my brain works. I can crank it out relatively quickly. Even long-form YouTube, for the most part, yes, but lost a couple of days just from being there overall and knew I already had a backlog of stuff to to edit, but I really wanted to do a get ready with me to go to the White House. Mm -hmm. So I taped a bunch of shit. A, I'm not great at like getting ready and talking to the camera at the same time, Especially if you're in a time crunch and I'm like, okay, I've got 15 minutes until my boss, until I have a one-on-one with my boss for my day job before, and he knew I was there, before shutting down everything and going over to uh, this breakfast before going to the Capitol. So you know, recorded a handful of things. At some point, I got to find that stuff and edit it just because how often are you going to say get ready with me to go to the White House? Yeah, that's amazing. Jumped and it, I, I think I got some decent content in there, but I, I don't, I don't know because didn't have time to edit it because I still have the backlog of the YouTube and then the daily uh, TikToks, etc. Uh, go downstairs, nice little meet and greet. You know, get to know some of the other creators a little bit that are there. Good mix of folks makes perfect sense from a overall just you know, potpourri of America perspective, mm-hmm. backgrounds, ages, ethnicities, where in the country they're coming from, geogra- you know, geographically speaking, uh, made perfect sense. Head over to the Capitol, and the first stop is Jeff Jackson's office. Oh, he's great. Makes perfect sense, too, with the whole thing, right? Like I mean, I love his there, content. Yeah. I to the t- I scream about his content to anyone that'll listen. I'm like, you got to see this guy. He's... The most honest person. He's making really interesting, like engaging, honest content. I love him. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, uh, good dude. Was very kind with his time. We just had this open conversation about state of the world, use of content, content strategy. What's his process like? What's his thought process like? What is our thought process like? He was very engaged. New a lot about a lot of people in the room from He's just awesome. being For, yeah. yeah he he was so specific that he said to angry reactions hey what was up when you didn't post for that month there uh interesting yeah yeah for anyone who doesn't know he's uh a congrat congressman yeah uh he's like probably in his like mid 40s i yep. would imagine so younger for a congressman yep. he is representing north carolina correct and he's making content along the way. Like, not, yep. like, content. He's making, like, educational content. Yep. Straight to camera, explains what's happening within his 
experience of it. He talks about his first day, how yep. he got an office. I thought the office one was really interesting. Yeah. And yeah, he's just like a young, very honest congressman who yep. makes really informative content. Yep. So. And does it by himself. That's crazy. We, I mean, it sounds like it takes him a while, but she's not like a super high volume content maker. She's also got a crazy job. Right. Exactly. Outside of that. Exactly. But it was really cool to talk to him about things where it's like, wow, you're just one of us relative to content making. And I felt an especially deep connection from the, you have a day job and you're doing this. And he was, he was just a good dude to talk to that made you kind of feel better about state of the world and where things could go and the type of people that are, you know, up and coming. And, um, and he was also just really smart about how he was picking people's brains in the meeting too. Okay, cool. Which again, because of the communal need to communicate something on a consistent basis with a look and feel mm -hmm. that engages an audience and potentially gets people to take action. Like that's what politicians need to do. So makes all the sense in the world that, you know, why, why this would all happen in the first place. So meeting with uh, Jeff Jackson and then a little bit of a tour of the Capitol. Being inside the Capitol buildings was amazing, especially in the offices next to the Capitol buildings because when we met uh, Jeff Jackson, it was in his office, which is in, in the, like, the actual Capitol building is where they vote and that's where they gather as Congress. But then there's their their offices, which are... I forget how far away they actually were, but it's not necessarily right there. It's not in the same building. So being in like the office space where all of their assistants, chiefs of staffs, whatever those you know mini teams look like for the average congressperson meant that the halls were robust. There was this certain kind of energy to it. It's gorgeous old buildings and... It was it had a younger vibe to it than I would have expected, but it also kind of makes sense. Like a lot of the people that would be in those type of like assistant to a yeah, congressperson road, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are not the most you know they're probably like middle of their career type of folks. They're probably also not aspiring politicians. Each and every one of them, like these are just really good jobs to have yeah, in Washington. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is great. I always think like sometimes you want your support staff not to be you. Totally, you want them to be very passionate about their like their little section of it. And I said this in a TikTok that I made afterwards, but like that's what made me feel good. And I was like, wow, there's just good people here. Like as shitty of an environment as, as it is in Washington now for a lot of reasons, mm -hmm. and certainly better than it was, you know, four years ago or you know, yeah. however long that was. But still a bit of a hot mess. Congress is a bit of a hot mess. I mean, they're <laughs> without a speaker for the first time, I think ever right now. Like yeah. it's it's a hot mess. But you did get a sense that there are a lot of just good human beings walking around these hallways. Yeah, I've never and, thought about that. That's yeah, and, really and, good perspective. And and also, to th when I thought about the people that were, like, doing the logistics to set these things up and the people that were sitting in some of these offices that you knew, and I can't help but think this way in my head, I'm like, you probably make $65,000 a year and these are the type of tasks that you have. And because it's not like Congress people are making ungodly amounts of money right like they do they have nice livings but they're just like but they're not athletes by any stretch yeah of their base salary is not yeah. that crazy so the support staff definitely are not getting crazy salaries and these are super stressful jobs too like that yeah. was something else that hit me like really stressful environment 
a lot of Congress people that are coming into these roles, and this is something that I talked about a little bit with AOC, don't have managerial experience. So that can, especially in a high stress environment, like that can make for, that can make it really difficult for a lot of reasons, which gave me that much more respect for everybody that I came across and people that I saw in the hall. It was also, it was amazing to have people recognize me in those halls. Yeah. But it made sense too, because it's like the government version of corporate America. So I'm like, okay, I, I can get why there'd be a handful of folks. So like, but it was, <laughs> I love it when people will see me out in the wild, so to speak, not in New York. And they'll be like, what are you doing here? And yeah, you're like a superhero and you're supposed to be in one city all the time. I guess so. They're like, I don't recognize you without the skyline behind you. Like, why are you walking the halls here? So Jeff Jackson's office and I've, you know, had developed like a back, you know, um, AOC started following me in June and I remember reaching out being like, where in the world did like, how did that happen? I've had a handful of people that have followed me back along the way. And my initial response is disbelief and self-deprecating humor, which yeah, is basically yeah. like, this is a mistake. Please tell somebody on your staff that you accidentally click follow for this person. And then you forget that they're sometimes the people oh, click and, and follow. And it was a thousand percent her. Yeah. And I was like, wow, how cool. So I had exchanged a handful of messages with her and felt comfortable enough to be like, hey, I'm going to be the capital, and I'm a New Yorker. I'm not exactly in her district, but I'm a New Yorker very close to her district, and there's a lot of shared, um, a lot of shared, like, general mindset on things from treatment of, you know, food, uh, street uh, vendors. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, how we look at uh, the taxi medallions here, like things along those lines, mm -hmm. let alone, like, you know, some bigger picture items. So... She responded, said, hey, here's some of the times that I'm available. And you kind of forget that Congress people will actively try to get constituents to engage with them if they're in D.C. Like that's their job to a large extent, not to spend all day every day with constituents, but it's not the craziest thing in the world for a constituent to get a meeting with a congressperson. You got to go to D.C. and you got to do the legwork to set it up. So, but I was still very, it felt so funny to be like, hey, I'm going to be there, um, you know, would be great to say hi. She's like, yeah, cool. I'm like, what, what's your office number? It just felt like a very funny, like logistic kind of question. But at the same time too, I literally could have just Googled her office number and it pops up because that's all public information through the government uh, website. And she was so cool. Yeah. Have you met her before? Not in person. And she's very awesome. So she was so easy to talk to. She was really smart about using the time in our discussion to, you know, find just kind of common ground on a handful of different things. Um, but also like have it as an engaging conversation, um, relative to some of the, like the bigger things that she has done or is doing, and was really kind too about, uh, from an encouragement perspective around just the content that I'm making, which was amazing to hear and somewhat unexpected, but in kind of made sense in, in hindsight, right? The resources that I have in my Dropbox that are just there to help anybody at any level of their career talk through things like how to ask for a raise, how to deal with a toxic environment, like those types of things that I've mm -hmm. just 
uh, built up there. So it was kind of wild for her to say like, yeah, no. And I, she made specific reference to the Dropbox. I'm like, that's amazing. You actually like yeah, that's really cool. clicked and went through and, and saw the stuff that was, um, that was there, but really amazing opportunity to talk to her about all those New York specific issues, mm-hmm. to talk to her about how that kind of layers up to the things that are happening in Washington right now, to find good common ground on just the world of content creation these days. Like she's just started a TikTok account as well. She's known for doing incredible live streams where she'll talk through a whole bunch of different stuff, is very progressive in all of those spaces, which I'm sure is not, you know, super shocking for people to hear that are not familiar with her. Uh, with her content online, she's and also a young congresswoman. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. So like she's she's digital. She grew up not digital, but yeah. roughly digital. She's yeah. That's awesome that she's using those uh, to her advantage. Yeah. yeah, the coolest thing that I saw in her office was the pair of shoes that she had when she was. Uh, like just literally walking the streets of New York trying to drum up the votes worn all the way through oh, to where you could cool. see like inside you know, yeah, yeah. and that was just dope and the fact that she kept them i thought was so cool and such like a yeah that's awesome. this is what it takes especially when you know she was in the she was working a service job while trying to politic for this specific role and you know, I think a lot of people, if you know her, you probably remember the clip of her standing in the bar in Queens watching things live and being like, oh, my God, this is really happening, uh, which was this just this incredible moment she's had. Um, and she's definitely made a mark for herself in, you know, at least in my opinion, in a, in a, in a pretty amazing way since she's uh, since she's been there. So that was that was an awesome, you know, however long I was in her office for. Uh, you know, put some of those clips in the TikTok for that day, but <laughs> it's so funny because this world is still new and different relative to my day in and day out stuff. So I definitely had friends and family when I was like posting pictures and in Instagram stories that day. They were like, "Where are you? What are you doing? Why are you with AOC? Like, what the fuck is going on?" Um, and that was only, and that was before the White House. Like, this all happened before I even got to the White House for like a three o'clock meeting, whatever that was. So had that get shuffled over to the White House, no lunch because I'm just like going from thing to thing to thing to thing. And it, you know, first you first go in and like security is super intense, but things were happening also so fast. You're having a hard time wrapping your brain around it. I'm like still digesting. That was so super cool to see Abraham Lincoln before, (laughs) you know, dawn this morning, let alone... Did I remember to take all the notes from my meeting with my boss in the one-on-one? And then Jeff Jackson, then AOC, and then you're at the White House. There's a set of buildings right next to the White House where, like, a lot of the office space is. Mm -hmm. And it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous building. Just, like, full-on, I'm assuming, mid-1800s, super tall ceilings, ornate. I mean, in one room we went into, like, waiting for this other room to wait up, to open up. And my phone was dying. And someone's like, oh, I've got a charger with me. Cool. But it was impossible to find somewhere to plug it into because the building was so old that there just were no, like, real outlets. It was, like, one of those buildings that has to have outlets jerry-rigged into it. Start to meet a handful of folks from, you know, like, PR staff, I'll call them, just generically speaking. I don't think it matters how much I speak about, like, who was in the meetings and that kind of stuff. But um, I'll just say the, you know, PR-ish kind of staff. 
had one specific meeting in that building that was kind of just opening the dialogue of like what content means to the White House and to the president and to um, to the Flotus and to uh, the Fahotis, I guess you would call him, the first husband of the vice president. Uh, he's got some sort of Flotus type of thing too. And like why that all matters. And it makes perfect sense. It did make sense that we had like a specific conversation around this is what we're doing and that they could kind of like give us some scoop from their side in regards to why this is such an important space to them. But at the same time too, you don't really, I think people disassociate people that are in office from while you're running and trying to drive a mantra or like give a specific narrative around different topics, but made, made perfect sense. I was, we were sitting in, I think it was like the Naval war room meeting room that actually had the desk that like Nixon got busted for Watergate with the desk, the one that had the recorder in it. And they were like, this is the actual tape that held the microphone to the bottom of the desk that, you know, basically helped bring Watergate to the surface and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'm frantically trying to capture the right type of content. I feel like I fucked up the whole day content wise, just because you're like, I don't know when I should be taking pictures, when I shouldn't be taking pictures. So you're kind of gun shy about it's it. It's overwhelming. And also, so overwhelming. God knows if something's not allowed to be photographed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they'd also told you too, like to be there, you were fully scrubbed. So every single one, they, you're like, we've watched every single one of your TikToks. You've had like the full, the full Megillah from a That's cool. background. Like, thanks for the, thanks for the views, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like y'all went deep. Yeah. And we're in this, we're in the, the war room. So I'm like, I'm sit, I set up my, you know, sometimes I'll do this where I just like pop up the camera somewhere over here. In fact, I should get this anyway. Right, and I'll just like leave it there, and then I'll keep talking. It doesn't matter what I'm talking about because I never use the audio, or I rarely use the audio for yeah, TikToks. Yeah, for voiceover. Right. So I'm doing that, and I. But they're telling the story about the tape and the um, and the recorder for Nixon, and that was gave me an opportunity to have like a dumb guy at class in high school class kind of thing, where I raised my hand and I'm like. Is that the actual tape? Like, could that actually hold on? Or did you put more tape in there so that you could... But, like, a kind of a legitimate question, yeah, right? Course, like, is the adhesive really... Jesus, would that have been 50, 60 years ago at this point? Yeah. Is the adhesive really that strong? And they're like, yeah, no, it's the right tape. And I've been a joke. I'm like, damn, that is some crazy adhesive. <laughs> that's, um, that's where we also got the White House uh, Hershey Kisses, which apparently is, like, a thing. Hmm. And... My father-in-law was super stoked about that. I'm saving the rest of them for when he comes back out for Thanksgiving. And they're like branded. From, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, no, I'll show. Cool. I'll show you upstairs. Oh, that's very cool. Then we went to. Uh, then we went to the West Wing. Oh, sick. So this, Going to the West this Wing. Is the big one. Yeah. So this is like the the conclusion of the day. Go first. We go into the press room, which was cool. Yeah. Very cool. Just like that full setup, and you can imagine like what a high pressure situation that is, and I don't envy that job whatsoever. And there was a French TV reporter that was about to go live, so we were in there for five minutes, and somebody shouted out, "Hey, the French TV needs to go live. If you want a picture at the podium, we got to do it right now, this hot second. So it's actually Kalen, to his credit, grabbed people's phones and was like, 
you know, he went up first and then he grabbed other people's phones. It was like, quick, 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 everybody run up. And I had just, because I missed lunch, there were, there were like snacks kind of scattered throughout the walking, like walking around. And the only protein bar-esque thing was this RX bar mm -hmm. that they had in this like, you know, box of snacks, which are crazy chew, like they're sticky in your mouth. I'd just taken a bite of one of those and so the video that I have of walking up to the press room podium, you can actually watch me like chewing the rest of this bar, which I thought was kind of like super appropriate. That's funny. And I try to walk up with a bit of like a, oh, like I know I belong here. Like this is kind of normal kind of thing. Um, but and I'll never forget that moment in my life. A, just walking up to that podium was super fun, but B, the fact that I was like chewing food and like buttoning my suit jacket and trying to be like, all fucking cool about it when really I'm like, <laughs> I hope I don't have RX bar stuck in my teeth. That's very funny. Go out to what I think was the Rose. I don't know. There were also parts of it too, because this is all happening super fast. I'm like, I don't know where I am. I can't believe I'm here in the first place. I don't know where I am in the White House. Um, and it was cool. Like people, <laughs> there were a handful of people who would come up to me and be like, hey, I heard you were going to be here today. I really wanted to come and introduce myself. I'm like, that is so crazy. And people That's would tell awesome. me these stories about like, hey, you should know that so-and-so and people's names I don't even want to like, and I'm not talking about like the president or the vice president or anything, but like, hey, you know, every once in a while we'll like pull up your page in a stressful day and like watch something. I'm like... Yeah, people are sharing your content and you're like, oh, at the at the high end too. And, and to think of, and this, I love the fact that this person told me this because it never would have actually stuck in my head. I thought you would like to know that you're like, your voice is heard like in this hall or in this room or something like that is the wildest that's thought crazy, to huh? just like be coming out of somebody's phone. I mean, that's such a cool experience. Uh, just hearing that alone. And they were like genuinely, they were just genuinely good people. Again, why I said it in the video wasn't like, hey, I want to come up with this like two-sided theme to this. No, they were just like good people. Someone was like, hey, I do the same type of walk in the morning because I've seen your stuff and now I've got this guy. And she told me her coffee person and what his name was and like what the schedule was. And it, Again, felt like this very relatable corporate America parallel. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because of the, just these people with these jobs and these super high end stressful situation based off of it being tied to the White House, but like also just humanized it in a really interesting way that I didn't expect. Then we go into the Roosevelt Room, mm -hmm. which was very intense for a couple of different reasons. One, they're walking through some of the history and the background of what's happened in that room. And it's a shitload of stuff that has happened. I mean, it's right next to the Oval Office. Yeah. So like senior staff meetings, president of Ukraine comes in, they're sitting down in that room to have their first conversation type of stuff. And that was just even odd to wrap your head around. And they said, Hey, somebody sitting in the chair for the president is a half an inch taller than the rest of the chairs or something along those lines. That's I was like, funny. Oh, yeah. And that's when we got into this wonderful dialogue about content creation, gathering an audience, what makes for good storytelling, what makes for good humanizing of people or difficult circumstances or difficult jobs, and just general thoughts around what is the right way to tie then all of those pieces together on a consistent basis to tell the right story, to make sure that the right points that you want to have come across, come across. And that 
doesn't matter if it's someone like Angry Reactions that has like a very specific character style or somebody like myself that's got, you know, day in the life stuff. It was just like a really smart conversation to be talking to basically, you know, social media PR team type of folks within the White House. And to their credit, like it's it's so smart the way that they think through that. It's so easy. It doesn't matter what side of the politic world you're on be very easy to think whatever thoughts you immediately going to come to mind because you just don't like the Democrats, you don't like the Republicans, whatever, so their social media teams, blah, 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 blah. But there's a really specific job that needs to happen with that, which is like a consistent set of updates for the American public that are timely, accurate, relevant. In the right space. I always think about this. Like They have to navigate the fact that the White House is, I think Obama was the first one with like a smartphone. Yep. They have to navigate smartphones, technology, social media. Yep. What social media apps are they on? Where are the people? What if people leave? Like, there's probably White House on the MySpace or Facebook mm-hmm. that is seeing less people. Are they going to move to Instagram, to yeah, Twitter, yeah. to? So there had. I mean, yeah. There's a whole host of people that have to think high level about how to, how to effectively use social media, which I think a lot of people think of as like oh, social media is just Instagram or right. whatever. You just use it. But it's also a very important tool of our current system. A thousand percent. And then on top of all that, there's the nuances too. Yeah. What makes for a good infographic? Yeah. What makes for good storytelling about staff? What makes for good storytelling about constituents that have had life-changing experiences because of laws that have been put into effect that impact how they are getting their prescription medication? Yeah. Right, you could have an hour-long conversation just on infographics. Oh yeah. Forever. Let alone the different types of infographics relative to things that are tied to the economy. Yeah. Things that are tied to what's happening when the White House needs to talk specifically about what's happening in Congress relative to votes on certain topics. It's a super long list, even when you get into the really specific areas of it, which made all of it that much more impressive. And you could just tell from the people too, and I'm not just saying this because it does feel like it's just you and I and that nobody else would ever hear this, but obviously we're putting this out in the public. But it genuinely did feel like the people that we engaged with were just there to do the right thing. And it wasn't like, hey, so we want to push this thing. What do you think about this? It was like, yeah, interesting. no, it's broad topics. The same way that I could sit down with any of my friends in the creator space, whether that's like a Marcus who's really focused on building his brand or if that's like old time hockey, who's, you know, much more of a storyteller or my friend Kells who does reaction videos to uh, food content. Like it doesn't really matter. There's commonalities that we're all going to have about the process overall, what goes into an idea, how we handle post, all those kinds. Same thing for the White House. Yeah, for sure. Which meant that those people had to be really good at just the core element of that. Because if you're too focused on, oh, I want to have this political angle into this thing, you're screwed. Because it's just going to be, it's going to be a hot mess. Which I thought was so interesting because you, A, I didn't know what to expect with this day whatsoever. This was the last real meeting of the day before I got in a car with Alex Perlman and drove back to Baltimore with him, which was hilarious in and of itself. But it just, it actually felt good to know that there's those kinds of people 
that are very real human beings that have these very like reasonable jobs, I'll say, and people like I felt I would come across or that I actually manage on a day in and day out basis based off of like where they are in their career mapping, like where they are title wise. Um, and it just actually made me feel better about democracy, as crazy as that sounds. Like it made me feel better about democracy that these people just had a singular focus of communicating well and effectively and efficiently and being smart about the storytelling aspect of it as well. Yeah, you got to see the machine work. Yeah. That's very cool. And hear him, and hear him talk through it too. Yeah. Um, so that was a Roosevelt room for a good hour. And then um, by this point, it was like 7 o'clock in the day or something along those lines. Hop in a car with Alex Perlman because it was like a hot mess to get everybody to Baltimore as quickly as possible. Maybe it was like 5.30 or 6, and I think there was some sort of dinner in Baltimore at 7. So they wanted to shove us like, just get there. Like there was some – I told them ahead of time, I'm like, I have a day job. I've been – you know, and it's not like you can carry your laptop around to all of these things. Yeah. So I'm like, I have a shitload of things to catch up on. I'm, I have to miss this last thing in Baltimore. But had this amazing car ride with Pearlman and Pearlmania, I should say. Um, and just a really good dude overall. And that was just like a fun experience of like another kind of like human to human contact piece. Um, you know, he doesn't, he's not as, he does speak, you know, he's very kind of like loud to the camera in yeah. his content. Um, but he's just a good dude with an interesting background and he's doing some cool things with his stand-up and he's like working his ass off from all of these different angles and never expected any of this as well. Uh, and that was, that was just kind of like a neat way to end the day driving back to debrief with one person who yeah. also, and like a very normal, like very normal dude who lives in a very different, you know, area than New York city. Like he's not a, he's not a metropolitan kind of guy. And, you know, to, you know, have one of those where it's like, hey, wasn't expecting to drive somebody back, you know, let me clean up the front seat a little bit and yeah. apologies for the dog hair kind of thing. And you're like, that's cool. That's dope. Like, that's real human type of stuff. And then to be able to talk about, you know, he didn't, I, I think most other creators didn't know me or like they kind of like me like, oh, you know, I've seen some of your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting that like there were more people who recognized me at the Capitol or in the White House than it was from like a peer-to-peer perspective, but just a fun way to wrap the day and like... I mean, that's an awesome time. Um, and then that's that's even before getting to Baltimore and VidCon, but I feel like I should save that for another piece because that actually leads into... The next day was Thursday, which I just worked, stayed in my room the entire day and worked out of my room for the day job stuff because I then had to speak at VidCon on Friday. And that's that Thursday is when it flooded really bad here in New York. Oh, yeah. I had three meetings with book publishers that day. Mm-hmm. Book deal about to get signed. I mean, that's amazing. So wild. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you'll have more updates on oh that. Oh, my God. Uh, journey is just beginning with that. Yeah, yeah. This is like literally ground floor. And the epitome of the reward for... Good work is more work. Yeah. Because I've been working on that proposal and then like it all came to a head very quickly towards the end here. <laughs> I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around that. But uh, by the time we talk about this again, everything will be signed. But it was basically like a done deal as of Friday. Very cool. So that Thursday in Baltimore is when I'm having like this first round of 
publisher interview meetings of sorts. And I don't really know if I'm being interviewed or if like I'm interviewing them kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pre- super prepped well. I've been represented by Park and Fine, who have been amazing literary agents. I can't even feel so weird to say literary agents mm-hmm. and that you have one, but like yeah. that's if you get into the space and you go down that path for that type of thing, that's what you do. Um, and the last thing I'll say for this episode was the book is called How to Get Addicted to Appreciation. And the morning meeting was like the epitome of that where Kelly was so supportive and cool about giving me like, cool, if you're going to go to DC, you're going to go to Baltimore. Cool. Friday thing. Got it. Oh, now you have to go down Wednesday for the White House thing. Okay, cool. No, we'll figure that out. Oh, now they want you there Tuesday night. There goes the entire week. We have an 11 year old kid. Like there's still that part of it too, let alone the day job thing. Yeah, of course. She calls me to wish me good luck after my morning run in Baltimore and I'm about to jump on the phone with the first call. I got late checkout so that I could have more time in the room to just like not have to worry about all the things. And (laughs) she, she calls like right before it starts. I'm like, I'm about to jump on. She's like, the basement's flooding. I'm like, oh fuck. So like literally right before starting these meetings with these publishers, about a book called How to Get Addicted to Appreciation. I'm like trying to wrap my head around. I'm like, I'm not there. I can't help. And she's like, uh, she's like, I don't, I'm like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, should I come home? She's like, I don't know that you're gonna be able to get home. Like, it's gonna be like this is a bad storm. Like, it's oh, gonna you be couldn't have mess. gotten yeah. back to the city at all. So that was like literally unfolding. Kelly is in this basement, bringing buckets of water out of that room trying to save the equipment for the podcast and like move stuff around. And I'm in Baltimore talking to a literary agent. I think the first one was some, was, uh, um, was international too. And trying to like keep my calm and like literally live by the general ethos of, I mean, that's a crazy four days. Um, it was nuts. And you somehow appreciate it, but also it's nuts. Yeah. It's, that's a, that's a crazy four days. Um, you know, it goes back to start making something and never know where it's going to go. You know, I was just a corporate schmuck that, uh, was really hoping to just simply get through that first week of work based on the previous episode. And like, you know, how do you navigate this world of corporate America and deal with having to let go the amount of people that were going to have me let go? Like that was just 10 years ago, let alone, you know, everything that's happened over the last couple of years. So. Uh, it's wild, and the stories are uh, the stories are just getting started, and yeah, a thousand more things uh, on the book too. Yeah, that week's not even over, and we haven't heard about VidCon, so we'll right. have to do that yeah. probably next episode. Absolutely, I think the boiler kicking on is our cue. Yeah, I think so. All right, cool. All right. Thanks, brother.